Hello and welcome. My name is Amrita Dhar and I am the director of the project Shakespeare in the Post Colonies, which is hosting a series of interviews with post-colonial Shakespeareans from around the world. Today's conversation, my collaborator Dr. Amrita Shen and I speak with the Bollywood film director, screenwriter, producer, music composer and singer Vishal Bhardwaj. Vishal, would you mind introducing yourself please to start us off? It is very difficult for me to introduce myself, but I'm a filmmaker in Mumbai. and i work for bollywood and i have been working for past many many years more than now 30 years i have been a music composer i started my career as a music composer my first commercial release was in year 95 96 called film called matches in early 2000 i shifted my career to direction and my first film was released in 2002 it was a kids film called makri since then i have directed 10 films yeah 10 11 films we are here to talk to you about your work with shakespeare and we're going to get there in a second but i just want to note here that shakespeare appears very early in your directorial career is it perhaps just the second film that you directed yeah. makpool Yes, it was my second film. In fact, I wanted that to be my first film, but somehow I was not able to arrange funds or got a producer to produce that film. So, in fact, when I went to shoot my first film, Makri, I had the the script with me of Makbul. Let me ask you right away about the choice of the films that you have directed and why these particular shakespeare plays makbul from macbeth omkara from othello and heather from hamlet and if i might tag on to that why shakespeare at all why did you want your first film to be shakespeare there's so many questions in these two questions it's a very very long journey because makbul we started shooting in 2002 2003 i think so it's 20 years back so why shakespeare at all is that one thing very early in my life i discovered and realized that i am not that aesthetically profound writer as shakespeare was so i knew that fact and i realized it very early and not just shakespeare or lord like many others you know that i am not a great a writer so once you know your weakness you know there is a saying in zen that i am a fool i know i am a fool so i am no longer a fool so to recognize your foolishness and your stupidity early in life you know help me to be very honest and i won't pretend that i wanted to make a film in underworld genre and for filmmakers there's a very juicy genre you know and so i was looking for a story for this underworld genre and my problem with the underworld films were that they end up in uh, the gang wars or the people killing each other mindless violence rarely you see a film like godfather which is so deep 
and then like many other films later uh, martin scorsese's uh, many films after that and coppola's films and many other films so, but rarely in india there were very very less films which were made which deep profoundness where you can get into human psyche and see them as humans not just see them as caricaturish you know violence mongers and you know gun wielding gangsters so accidentally you know i was traveling in a, and i was a very bad student i never wanted to be a filmmaker i wanted to be a cricketer in my life shakespeare used to scare me in school i remember merchant of venice in class 8th 9th and it was so scary my god so i didn't have a good impression of shakespeare as because i was a sportsman and you have to mug things up and and I, one thing which i realized later you know the shakespeare you can only understand when you are above 30 when you are matured the depth of it but it has to be seeded in your childhood otherwise i i wouldn't have known about merchant of venice either so accidentally you know my godson was there with me we were traveling in a train from dehradun to delhi and my godson was with me he was in class 8th and i was accompanying him back from his hostel to mumbai so we had to catch a flight from delhi i was getting bored it was like a four five hour journey and i asked him do you have any story book with you so he said yeah i have that and he brought out that lambs that average version of shakespeare and i accidentally the first story i read was macbeth i was shocked to read that i think it was slow process for me now when i look back so i watched kurusawa's throne of blood early again you know i was shocked when actually macbeth kills the king duncan so i remember watching it even when i was watching throne of blood and then again i go back that when i watched in 80s guldar sahab sangur and in the last shot shakespeare's portrait was there and he winks from his portrait so that image was also there in my head and i think all that came back and i realized you know how shallow am i that i have not read this great writer and it has been coming to me again and again and again and again since my childhood so the moment i reached bombay i i bought not just macbeth but all his plays and i started with macbeth and then i went into research it's always there in my life right now two books are here no fear shakespeare is still there and i read the critical analysis and the essays from various scholars i just jumped into this sea of shakespeare then i came out very enriched and first was this macbeth and in india you know in those days especially now we have ott platforms where we have executives who have read and still if they have not read they can act very well that they have read and so in those days it was the underworld has just gone out of bollywood and there was still a lot of black money and the people with black money were producing it was very difficult to you know i remember a very close friend of mine he was like one of my mentors but he was into like commercial filmmaking very nice man great understanding of commercial cinema and you know parallel cinema he was the guy who who supported the parallel cinema the most in our country in 70s 
So he read my Mr. Manmohan Shetty. He owned Ad Labs at that time. And he was the guy who made films like Ardha Sapte and all Sham Benegal films, Govind Nilani's film. So he was the, like the torchbearer of parallel cinema. Great man. In those days, IDBI is a bank. So they had came out with a policy that they will fund feature films. So I had applied for a loan because nobody was coming to make the film I wanted to make. So one day he called me home. Uh, and he said, you know, today I did you a favor. The bank had a, a committee, a special committee, executive committee made from the film industry where they will evaluate a film, whether, you know, their money will come back or not from this. So he called me home and he said, come for a drink. And he said, after cheers, I saved you. I did a big favor to you by rejecting your loan. <laughs> I was heartbroken. I said, you know, I was so much looking forward to this, at least get a loan. He said, are you mad? Who is going to watch Shakespeare? Who is going to watch Nasiruddin Shah, Tabu and Irfan and the kind of money you will end up selling your own house. I care for you. That's why I rejected it. So I said, nothing doing this film is not going to get made. And then he told me, I'm giving you advice because I've made so many parallel cinema films. Please take off Shakespeare's name in it. Because the financiers will not finance it. They will think this is something so, it would be something so surreal and, you know, literary that people, there won't be any entertainment in it. I was scarred in the beginning, but I had so much faith in my script and I knew that this is going to work. But I didn't realize the path I'm getting into because I thought that this is like a small world of, you know, Bollywood, which is not respected by West in any case. And they see us as people dancing around the trees, singing and all that. This is not going to go out of Mumbai or Andheri or maximum Delhi. So I took all the liberties I could take in Shakespeare's Macbeth. And I made change the Lady Macbeth into the King Duncan's mistress and all those kind of things I did. But later I realized when the film was appreciated that you know I could have really gone wrong also with that. This is how my relationship with Shakespeare started. Did you take Shakespeare's name off your next funding proposal? No, actually, that was again a story in that. So the film was premiered in Toronto Film Festival, Macbeth. Even then, I I had not realized the, the kind of mess I could have gotten into if I had gone wrong with Shakespeare. So after the screening, the international press was there. And the kind of question they asked me, I had not even thought that somebody would know who Lady Macbeth I was not expecting those kind of appreciation and analysis of that work. I got scared after making Macbeth that once I have saved myself, it will be very difficult to save myself the next time. But I came back to Othello because that was also the back of my mind, even now, like... I have Shakespeare lying on my table. It's like my fixed deposit. So the moment I feel, okay, people are not taking notice of me. Okay, I'll take one Shakespeare and make one Shakespeare. And I have that kind of a little envy towards that because why can't I think of something of so profound and yet so you know reachable that you can connect with? So I try to do on my, my own story. When I fail again and again and again, I go back to Shakespeare. So that's what happened in Othello. And Nasiruddin Shah, great actor. So when he came to know that I'm making Othello, he met me once. We were in a festival together and he said, 
why are you making a film on shakespeare's weakest play so according to him it was i i didn't know later when i read critical analysis like 50% people thought that it's not in top of his tragedies so again i got scared but i said that you have to read my script my version of it because the way i have brought in the politics and the socio political economical problems of my country in that context you have to read it then to i told him that even then if you feel that you know i shouldn't make it i won't but he read it overnight and he said no you have to make it now i am doing this part because it is so good and then i came to hamlet after 8 years because that was 2006 let me just take one step back and go back to the school stuff that you were talking about you said shakespeare scared you can you elaborate how present was shakespeare in your school curriculum what was the school curriculum where was this and how do you mean that shakespeare scared you <laughs> okay so i was in a place called merit in up it's very close to delhi like one and a half hour away from delhi i was in a government school because i wanted to be a sports person there was no thrust towards you know it was just a method to get pass that not any division first division second division third division it, it didn't matter to me and my father because he was supporting me my mother was still that you know you have to get good marks my father was that you want to be sportsman i don't want you just that don't get failed in your class so just pass and no problem in sports if you want to be a professional cricketer or any professionals then your routine is totally different so you come to your books only like two months before your or a month before your exams and at that time if you have shakespeare do thou you know that kind of thing and there was no like a inquiry from inside it used to be like sin theta plus cos theta you know what happens you know who cares okay i have to get past it was like that towards shakespeare but there was some creative person who was also behind that sportsman who was equally strong which i didn't know so i remember that pound of flesh that i remember when i reached because when we were reading that i still remember that how will this get solved because he to you know he is going to cut a pound of flesh from his body so when that twist came all this came back to me so the scary is this that because there was no interest when your thrust is to just that you have to just pass and get a degree and so the scary was because of that because i didn't have any interest in it of course if you have interest in something then you won't say that it's scary this was all happening in english you were english class yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. curriculum obliged you to read how many plays yes. i remember only uh, uh, merchant of venice and around which class would this have it was been? class 9th grade and i'm i'm so happy that they had in their curriculum i want to go back and see that they must be having even now in in a government school and government yeah. school are very bad and in, in very bad shape in in india i'm very happy that what's happening in delhi this aap government what has done the government schools actually have vote taken this public schools so in up in those days it was in a very bad shape even now they they'll be in a very bad shape and they still had shakespeare 
Exactly. What would you say was the general level of interest? Was it about the same among your friends that you can think of? What was it like? In those days, what used to happen, especially in a government school, because people used to come from all the economic strata, the only thing was either you become a doctor or an engineer in a government school. Who will pursue art? After 10th, when you have to select either for biology or math, if you have to become a doctor, you take that in those days. Or then if you have to go to IIT, you take math science. Art, I don't remember people used to even, because it was forced that you have to, like a subsidy subject, you have to pass in English. Right, right. Thinking now, and it's not an exaggeration at all, what I'm going to say next, which is that you have, in a sense, completely revolutionized Shakespeare adaptation, cinematic Shakespeare adaptation, not only when it comes to Indian films, but also globally. I'm sure you're aware of this, that, you know, when it comes to global Shakespeare's, everyone turns to your films because it's not just what Shakespeare had said or written, but also everything that you've added to it, the interpretation that you've made to it, which makes Shakespeare come alive, which perhaps he can't in the classrooms where they are not performed. Shakespeare's plays were originally meant to be performed, unfortunately, in Indian curriculum that does not happen. It does not happen in the schools. It also does not happen in the universities. And I was wondering, as you were making these films and as you were adding your own amazing, interesting inputs into them. What was the most difficult scene for you to direct? What was the most difficult part of Shakespeare? Everything. And I'll be very specific. Each film had a different thing. Because now Guldar Sabino, he disagrees with me on many terms. He thinks that I have just exploited Shakespeare's name. To get notice, I use Shakespeare's name and we have a lot of argument over it many times. He's like my father. But the difficult part, I'll first come to your question here. The first one was the easiest one, Macbeth. I'll come to the difficult, but the overall adaptation of Macbeth was so easy because I didn't have the burden of Shakespeare on my shoulders. I thought nobody will care. First... I was a first-time filmmaker who's coming from music into filmmaking. Nobody trusted me. Nobody had, and rightfully so, that thought that I'll be a good filmmaker or I'll make good films. I had no training in filmmaking. I was so looked down upon by everyone when I was shifting from music to filmmaking that I also became very careless that who's going to care whatever liberties I have to take, I'll take. I'll make three witches into two. I'll make witches into the cops. And of course, I was being very, very honest to the spirit of the play, not the text of the play, because I knew that what I felt after reading Macbeth, I have to translate that feeling. I'm going to here tell you that that actually was the moment when I thought, okay, this man is a genius. (laughs) (laughs) There is something that Shakespeare can access about very peculiar energies yes. in the world around him. And he finds a way to suggest, just suggest something. And yes. that gathers its own momentum. And to yes. me, 
the three witches becoming these forces of nature balancing each other rhetoric cops was the moment when I thought, okay, now I am interested. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Amritas. So that overall adaptation was not a problem because the problem came in actually Hamlet because that's the most difficult play to adapt. Yes. The longest play and no drama, interiority. And the people were scaring me that there's so much internalized character. It will be so boring on screen. Why are you doing this? And somewhere I had to choose between Hamlet and Julius Caesar and King Lear. And I was very, very keen for King Lear. And it was like 50-50. I was divided that what should I take? I'll come to that, that why did I choose Hamlet? So in Macbeth, the most difficult scene for me was Banquo's ghost. Uh, when it appeared, when Macbeth freaks out. Yeah. And my co-writer, Bas Tairwala, was with me and we wrote that scene. It was written that he gets, in our Makbul context, that Banquo's son was killed, was attacked and Banquo's killed. So he used to get like Irfan is sitting that our Makbul is sitting in a ceremony and he gets a call that son fleet and the father Benko died and he freaks out over the phone. So when we were on set and he started shooting, that bothered me that Makbul or Macbeth losing his mental balance and freaking out, making it so obvious for everyone that actually it is him who has killed. We have to see Banquo's ghost. We have to bring that element into our screenplay. I rewrote that scene that the cops bring the dead body. Before they take it to the police station, they bring it to Magul's Haveli. And that's where he hallucinates that he's not dead and he's opened his eyes. And he freaks out. So that was the parallel of ghost for me. At least I got this impact that he hallucinated this ghost of Banquo. My co-writer, he objected so strongly on this that this is so loud. This is so bloody Bollywood you are doing. And it's so subtle when he gets the news over the phone. And I shared this conflict with all the actors, Irfan, Nasir Saab, Omji. And so they all sided with my co-writer that they, maybe he's right. Maybe you're wrong. And... I called up Guldar Sahib. I was so convinced that they are feeling it because Shakespeare also go over the top many a times. Very over the top. Yeah. But the profoundness and the depth of that over the top is so like Hamlet's soliloquies or many other places. Like Grave Diggers sing in his play. So I was convinced that this needs to be a little over the top. We'll do it very, very elegantly. So it won't feel loud. So I spoke to Gullar Sahib over the phone and I told him that this is the conflict. So he said that I don't want to pass a judgment, but if you are a director, if you're feeling that it should be done, it should be done. Tell me what's your apprehension. So I told him my only apprehension as director is, is the logic that two cops, they cannot bring a dead body to a gangster's house before doing a panchanama and taking it to the police station. So he said, first thing is that these cops are so corrupt in your film. They are witches. They can do anything. 
Second thing which he told me, I always remember it. He said, in cinema, emotion is stronger than logic. So emotionally, if you think this is going to make more impact, nobody is going to think of the logic. Willing suspension of disbelief. Yes. And nobody ever asked me this question. And I was going so much into detail of the logic. The cops, they can't do panchanama before panchanama. How can they bring? And after panchanama, they can't bring if the tea. So, all, I mean, it's all. So, this was one thing. Then, the climax of Othello. In that, there was a lot of overhearing in Shakespeare's Othello. Then people overhear and then they react. Overhear, they misunderstand. So, how to weave that into contemporary time? That's where I remember using on oh. phone, he puts him on the speaker and make him hear that the line which he wants him to make it hear that he's sleeping with his wife and he's saying about his own girlfriend, but he interprets it for his wife. And of course, in Hamlet, the soliloquies, the disappearance of father and to be or not to be. I mean, it's a challenge to have to translate it or to interpret it in your own context. So, hum hai ki hum nahi, wo jo aya. And that came in the context with Kashmir, because Kashmir became Hamlet in that itself, that like the existence of, do I exist or, or do I not? So, to be or not to be is actually Kashmir. I'm very glad you're talking about these political dimensions, because I wanted to ask you about that. And it sounds from what you're saying that it may not have been overtly how you started the adaptation process, that you had specifically a political or even polemical statement to make. But as scholars, it is very hard to not see some very strong statements in each of the films. What was that process like for you? And how do you feel about how things have shaped up? Heather may be most explicitly the film with political dimension, but I see that in all the three. I think that a filmmaker is a journalist. He has a journalist's job to bring the truth in front with entertainment, hidden behind the entertainment. Every filmmaker has his own personality. Some may not think like this, some may think like that, but I think it's my job to react to the circumstances I am living in, to bring out on screen what I feel and the social, political conditions of my country. That I have to react. So that's how I think. And I think I'm a political person from inside. I don't belong to any left wing or right wing. I think I'm a centrist, but I'm against injustice. This ties to something that this series of interviews is trying to think very deeply about. This series is called Shakespeare in the quote-unquote post-colonies. And what do we mean by that? Where this work started was with a realization that colonialism has never ended, even in places that have apparently reached some kind of political post or after of colonialism. The violence of colonialism is such that it has evolved into neocolonialism, that the most disenfranchised have only changed masters in the name of this so-called post-colonialism. And that is why we have the post in scare quotes for this project. I want to ask you about how you position, you just said you are against injustice. 
And you mentioned that you consider the work of the filmmaker to almost be like that of a journalist, to show on screen a socially responsive reaction to what is happening in the world around you. I wanted to ask you, how do you see yourself? Do you in any explicit way position yourself as a post-colonial filmmaker? We are all post-colonial by inheritance, but perhaps we all have very different positions to our post-coloniality. And I wanted to ask you about yours. So as you rightly said, I believe in that it's a different kind of colonial thing which we are having now. And so maybe the names and the color of the master can be different, but the master never changes. So, so that's the thing. It never changes. Master remains the same. And his greed and his want and his injustice and his sin, hardly any virtue, remain the same. In this respect, I have a slightly different but a related question that has to do with your choice in casting the actors, specifically the repetitions, like Siruddin Shah, for instance, as Purohit in Makbul, and then Bhai Saab in The Duke, and then Tabu, of course, it was absolutely amazing, Nimi in Makbul, and then Ghazala, and then Irfan Khan as Makbul, but also Rudar. I mean, why return to these actors to play these roles? I wish, you know, I had one common actor in all three films. I should have had Nasir Udisha or Tabu. Either Tabu in Omkara or Nasir in Heather. So that would have been one continuity of an actor and that is not there. Or Irfan in Omkara. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think because they are great actors. Hmm. And Tabu and I miss Irfan so much that every day I feel that there's something missing in my life because my creative life especially. And yeah, Tabu is a great actor. There is no, not a conscious pattern in this. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the Pooh will be the best Ghazala and Tabu was so reluctant to play that part. So it took me so long to convince her, so long to woo her to play that. Yeah, and uh, Irfan was great. Irfan, uh, because I wanted him to play the ghost and he was so lovely. Given a chance, I would love to make film again and again with Tabu and Nasir Disha. They are great performers. They elevate your writing to some other level when they play mm-hmm. it on screen. So yes. it's just that greed that because as writer, as director, you bring it to a point. They make it alive on the screen. They give them life. So really, it's a collaboration of two minds and two souls. So then we come together on a screen. So I can express myself through them. Then you need the best medium to do that. Your interpretation of Hamlet's ghost as Ruda, that was again absolutely brilliant. But that also sort of brings into focus the political angst that we've all been talking about, right? So... It's really interesting how you interpret Shakespeare's ghosts. What made you go with the decision of actually having someone in the flesh, so to speak, when it came to the ghost of Hamlet's father? So after making Macbeth and adapting a Macbeth and Othello, I realized one thing, the taste of blood was there on my tongue. (laughs) That to interpret making a ghost a ghost would have been the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. So, how to interpret witches into cops? 
in contemporary time the best which is you can have in the in our world are the cops so one thing which again my co-writer and myself basharat peer is the co-writer in that a very very profound journalist from kashmir and i had never been to kashmir till i directed hadar i had never been to kashmir i wanted to make a film on kashmir because i thought that the representation of what's happening in kashmir is so one sided mm. it is so like a state's point of view or journalistic point of view or a jingoistic point of view mm. we are not going and seeing what's happening on the ground see the inside out who can give solution to such a complicated situation so at least see see it from inside out that's when you know i read his book the confused nights yeah it's it's a very interesting story actually i should tell you so first i was making hamlet again you know if a shallow child has not died in me i wanted to make the film on an espionage so that's why film people are following each other in disguise and you don't know who is the right person or the wrong person alfred hitchcock kind of espionage so i developed with a friend of my hamlet in espionage world and it was like very well developed like 30 35 pages whole story we wrote and he's a very great writer steve walter first thing actually i decided in hamlet that we are not representing ghost as a ghost we'll find a parallel to that so again gulzar sahab and he read my espionage version of hamlet and he said yeah it's very good but it's like very regular american cia thriller with the tragedy in it the hamlet is a tragedy with with the tragedy and first reaction was he's not able to see what i'm trying to do and after two days you know my ego you know when it, it took the back seat and i realized maybe you know he's right and that night i woke up and i found my wife rekha she was reading basharas uh, a book and crying so i asked her what happened she said it's such a tragic account of what happened to him as it his growing years mm-hmm. his growing years and that remained with me and then i took out that book and read, read it and i realized that this is where i should place heather so in that we had already decided that you know the ghost is not going to be a ghost so then basharat because there's so many extra judicial deaths in kashmir there's a scene in hamlet and heather where they have a graveyard of unknown bodies so they have numbered them so every grave has a number and they they have clicked a photograph so if someone comes looking for their loved one they can show him that okay is this the photograph then this is the grave number that is so tragic so basharat then we that's how we made this rudar's character who was his father's friend yes 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 we were yes. in jail together and yeah. it was a very very good parallel to ghost and it worked so well of someone who is literally a ghost you know lit- literally cannot be mapped cannot be recognized by any of the legal structures and he is supposed to have died so he is technically a ghost he yeah. just managed to make it out yeah. alive so it's a fantastic use of a kind of haunting 
And I also thoroughly enjoyed the Salmans. I mean, Rosenkrantz and Gildeston, yeah. I mean, the absurdity, but also <laughs> the, I mean, it's not quite tragedy what they are up to. It almost is farce. But yeah. even that, I mean, there is such heartbreak in all the ways in which these human beings are impacted in this yeah. landscape. No, and that's the reality of it. It is so absurd. The theater of absurd it is, that place. That, you know, there's such huge fans of Salman Khan in Kashmir, that youth at that time. So there, you know, there a film called title Tere Naam had come in early 2000. And, you know, the, all the boys, the young boys of Kashmir, they copied his hairstyle, which was very funny, which was our Salman and Salman also have been. So, you know, there was one terrorist, one militant, whose name was Terena. So, everybody named him Terena because he had that Salman Khan's hairstyle. So, I thought that because I'm making him in that era, I have to give this homage to Salman Khan in that and that's about the best way. And again, you know, my love for spy thing, Salman and Salman come from Thompson and Thompson, you know. So the, these two things met. <laughs> Thompson and Thompson, Salman and Salman. Yeah. And equally, clearly you have either sometimes over the top and sometimes understated. Clearly you have a very quirky sense of humor. There is also that that comes across with the <laughs> Salman and the Salmans. We have to talk about Omkara. Othello is one of the most fraught plays where I am, and I am teaching Othello right now. It is the play that, like the Merchant of Venice, the state government doesn't want us to teach because it is supposed to be exactly. divisive content. Yeah. Divisive content. Why? Because you're talking about interracial marriage. You're talking about a black man, this white woman. You're talking about tragedy. You're talking about yeah. the stage history of Othello and so on. Mm. And I yes. I wanted to ask you, first of all, feel free to talk about method. Feel free to talk about craft. But how yeah. did you arrive at Omkara as the half-caste? The Adha Shukla, the Adha... Yeah, Adha, Adha Brahman. Yeah. Yes. Adha Brahman, yeah. So, again, you know, again the parallel of Moor, that how do you, you know, find a parallel to Moor in your context? And I'm from UP and I know over there, this upper caste and lower caste is so... The people kill each other. I mean, the gangs have their caste. Like upper caste gang and the lower in Bihar they have Ranbir Sena, you know the gang of the Thakurs and the decoits of the Thakurs and decoits of the Dalits. So it was very easy to find actually. But again, I did want to play with the color of the skin. I wanted to play the color of the inner inner being. You know, where it's not in my hands to you know be born in a in a upper caste or lower caste. But what we do to ourselves was the thing. So it was very easy to find the parallel for half-caste Brahmin. It works very, very well. Just as there has for a long time been a lot of resistance to seeing 
Othello truly person potentially of African descent in Shakespeare scholarship? In Shakespeare scholarship, there have been all kinds of arguments about how Othello cannot be really black because look at his beautiful language and so on. So <laughs> in the kind of pervasive casteism that we are all familiar with in India, it works brilliantly. And the other side of the story, of course, in that play is with gender. The tragedy precipitates where pre-circulated ideas about caste and pre-circulated ideas about gender, all negative, reinforce each other. And that's where the tragedy happens. Could you could you talk a little bit about Dolly? Yeah, Dolly and that Hindu, you know, that Konkuna's yes. character. That was my favorite character in the film. And I was so happy to make Iago killed by his own wife. I enjoyed it so much when he opened the door and she kills him, you know. So, yeah, that's the liberty I took in, in that. My female characters in general are very strong and that when I look back at my work, I realize that I'm more fascinated in exploring the female characters because for various reasons, because I think especially in our society, we have repressed our women a lot. And in my own family, I saw it. So, and maybe I was conditioned at that time also like that. So, it's reaction to my own upbringing and retaliation towards that. And like this Manusmati, I feel, feel so horrible that our the, the ancient men, they were so repressive and so, again, injustice. One, another thing which I very strongly feel that men are actually weaker from inside. The women are stronger. Yeah, they are very strong. So men, when they are weak in their weaker moments, in their personal moment, they will cry on women's shoulder. Women also take advantage of that when you see later when your dadi or nani, she becomes like the master of the house. Dada is will do nothing. You know, he will like a docile man sitting in the corner, won't even argue. So that changes happen. That's the arc of a man-woman relationship. But that comes from because they suppress them so much when they are young. So, men is so kaan ka kaccha jo humar usko bolte hai na in Hindi, not trustworthy. So, they, they keep the doubting husbands. So, Othello is a, is a doubting husband. I mean, mm-hmm. if you see that character, I mean, he's been so easily manipulated by Iago because he had that, I think, complex in him because he never felt worthy of, of such a beautiful wife. When he accuses Dolly, Omkara, and she says, I don't want to live anymore now. I don't remember whether uh, it happens in Othello or not. But in my context, I said that it's enough because when we were, we were talking to Karina, so I, when I was explaining her the, that emotionality of that scene, so I told her that she's so hurt, so broken inside. That she says, I don't want to live. Please kill me. And he is like in doubt. He's going to get married to her. And even then, that's where, you know, the Konkana's character that she comes and says, Ki, if you're in such a doubt, why are you marrying that girl now? Leave her now and, you know, I'll take care of her. 
so yeah there were great female characters in omkara omkara is actually became famous for uh, langla tyagi because he was the most colorful character but i think the f- female characters of omkara were the in in all three films they were the best female characters dolly and indu and even vipasha's character talking about interesting and powerful female characters in other shakespeare plays i did see that you had midsummer night's dream with you <laughs> yeah actually please uh, suggest me uh, now i want to start making comedies i think tragedies are done I read something about that and i was going to ask you about that because that would be very exciting if you sort of uh, delved into the comedies are you planning like a trilogy of the comedies yes yes i want to do that and now again you know look like hamlet was 9 years before yeah 2014 it came and we are into yeah because it came with bjp in their region and yeah now the problem is you know why i am not taking shakespeare also there is a reason because it's very difficult to say political things in this country right now yes you are personally threatened i cannot imagine of making a film like heather now it's impossible yes. so i am looking i have worked on 12th night tell me which shakespeare comedy has a strong male protagonist comedy with a strong male protagonist yeah or favored protagonist well very very problematic but strong yeah. measure for measure measure for measure, measure, measure is i mean it's supposed to be a comedy but it's a but but it's yeah, a problem right. play it's dark, it it's deep it takes you to dark corners it's a problem with law it's a problem with morality it's a problem with everything it's about a country that's in a mess in like horrid doldrums and corruptions it's very interesting but it's a problem I'm not sure if it's a comedy yeah i think that one has your name on it oh let me read that Yeah. It is of course Tempest as Amrita Devi is saying Tempest is Prospero, the post-colonial yeah. play of post-colonial another god of yeah but a mid, but a midsummer night dream is also post-colonial i'm actually in the middle of writing a, a chapter on a midsummer night dream and what to do with the indian boy right i mean what to do with india what to do with the appropriation and the colonial desires that go into all of that yeah. but And But, how to find a parallel of that magic potion? And are you going to stage the Indian boy at all or not? Which is like the million-dollar question in <laughs> in that play. Are you going to stage him or are you not going to stage him? <laughs> and in India, in India, would he be the Indian boy? He's just. <laughs> I know, I know. I I haven't thought that much about it. And would how, would he how, have to be a tribal figure? Yeah. Who's then kidnapped, appropriated? That's also the context, right? I mean, at the time when Shakespeare was writing this, the Atlantic slave trade has already started, but Indians are also getting kidnapped. There is the Indian Ocean slave trade as well that no one really talks about. So it is about kidnapping. It is about slavery as much as other things. What is so in the works problem. for you? What is coming up? Earlier on, you teased by mentioning Julius Caesar. and one of the plays of shakespeare that i am actually obsessed with which is king lear Wh- why were you considering them how close are you to doing them will you do them please 
and what is in the works for you oh, yeah i wanted to do king lear and julius caesar both but what attracted me the conflict of hamlet which was supposedly it was non cinematic and that attracted me in lear that was a man betrayed by his daughters and i found that this hamlet more juicier for to delve into king lear most character i was fascinated with who was that that who is having affair with both the sisters edmund 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 was my favorite character in that and i would have made him like a, a star of that film that he was a very good character my god so dark then um, i wanted to cast rajnikanth <laughs> then bachchan sahab yeah still you know just to work with them i want to make clear i was going to ask you about this there is a matter of age you were talking about these magnificent actors and clearly people that you like working with and after a point what i'm hearing is that you are like shakespeare you are looking for the story that will display the actor that you want to work with at the age and at the stage of life that they are best in a position to portray yeah <laughs> yeah yeah obviously i am very naturally drawn to tragedies i think to find a tragedy in the comedy will be fun so i have worked extensively on 12th night for me the problem is to find an actress who can play a boy as well so that to make it believable so for that i really need somebody you know very very strong actor who believes in me and that i have not found so is 12th night actively in the works or is it sort of in the plans at this point 12th night yeah i have a script with me i have a script with me after i'm very excited <laughs> but anyways i will i think this 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 has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you it's so much. Yes. So nice talking to you both. This is so nice. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to this podcast, spread the word and leave a review. Do take a look also at our project website at shakespearepostcolonies.osu.edu. for materials supplementing this conversation and for further project details thank you for listening and until next time for the shakespeare in the post colonies project i am amrita thor